Hello, and welcome back to the Tells Podcast. Hello, Andrew Nimi. Hi. Hey. Hi. <laughs> Is that not high energy enough for you? No. I can see it written all over your face. I say nothing. Yeah, right. You don't have to say anything. I already know. We've been together for 11 years. You don't have to say anything. Speaking of not saying anything, mm. how about those uh, those electronic implants that are coming thanks to Elon Musk's company? Are you excited? First of all, I did not listen to the podcast. The Joe Rogan podcast? Well, you're missing out a little bit. I mean, it wasn't as... Uh, crazy off the wall as the last time. but There's uh, no weed smoking in this podcast? Nope. Only a little bit of whiskey and uh, speculation about what to expect when the, the little inserts that they're going to wire into our brain, uh, when those become a reality, what that's going to look like. Can't wait. It's going to be awesome. So tell us more about what that uh, is supposed to be. Yeah, we're not going to need to speak to each other. We'll be able to just like communicate via our, our mind waves. We'll, we'll be connected that way. Um, the thing will be able to like repair any bodily damage. So like quadriplegics even could be fixed via the chip in the brain. Well, Elon thinks we're living in a simulation. So of course he thinks that any chip sure. will fix anything. Yes. And he's saying that people will be kept from my beautiful voice, these beautiful chords. Not, People will not need to hear them. Well, that's the thing. It won't be mandatory. I mean, you could still like, so that's what they're saying. Like people still enjoy, you know, like a campfire, for example, you okay. know, which is, you know, a very sort of just like basic nature reaction type thing. So it won't necessarily replace all the, uh, the classic enjoyment. Of talking? Yeah. So what's the point? Besides uh, the point is... That a computer can process things infinitely faster or, you know, like billions of times faster than, than the humans can. So we can like immediately like learn things, you know, like in the Matrix, how they could download martial arts. Right. Or like how to fly a helicopter, stuff yeah. like that. That sort of thing. Okay. I love the fact that Elon Musk is so futuristic and optimistic about the things that technology can fix. Mm-hmm. But there are basic problems that we fail to fix. Will that chip fix assholes in states like Georgia who shoot people <laughs> for running down oh. the street? Oh, we're going. I didn't know we wanted to. I thought you were going to say for opening the uh, economy too soon because <laughs> they're one of the first states to reopen. I'm sorry I brought this up. It's getting you hot in here in yeah, this closet. You should. It just, I don't know. I mean... Maybe I should be doing something about it, but... That's what, that's another thought I had. Why aren't we doing something about it instead of just playing on Poker Bros and trading oil futures? Yeah, but you need money to do that. Okay. You know? Mm -hmm. You need resources to yep. change things, especially in a culture that money is the be-all and end-all. That's why I'm trying to stack everybody in PLO. <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> How is your stacking going this week? It's still going well. We're, we're headed in the right direction. The graph is. Nice. So feeling pretty good at the moment. Yeah. What have you been playing? The PLO only? Yeah, I've just been playing PLO. So like three or four tables of PLO. Okay. Which is kind of like, I guess kind of surprising because it's surprising that it's going well. I don't know. Maybe it's just fish on a heater type thing because I've not put like hardly any work into studying PLO. Mm. I mean, I did like a, I did a decent while ago, but it's been a long time and I'm sure like the uh, the study material has evolved since the last time I actually studied PLO. Hmm. But you'll know when it ends. 
then you're going to study. But we talk about this all the time. Well, the thing is that like, I think a lot of my poker general knowledge, my general poker knowledge translates from No Limit Hold'em into PLO. Okay. But there's also like a lot of things, a lot of spots where I'm not sure what's best. Like I was doing some live streaming the other day. And, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you're trying to like tell people what your thought process is in a hand. And, and there's, then there is none. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> like, you know, there's plenty, of, there'll be times in No Limit when, you know, I've streamed No Limit Hold'em. And I'll say, hmm, you know what? I'm actually not exactly sure what's what's better there. If I'm supposed to bet a lot or bet a little or check yeah. or bet or whatever. It just comes up a lot more frequently in PLO. So when you're I saying say, that your streams are useless? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do warn the people as they're watching. <laughs> you know, you're probably not going to get a ton of uh, useful information out of my thought process here. But I'm just going to narrate whatever is happening here. <laughs> so I guess like the general playing pool isn't as precise in PLO as they are in No Limits either. So even though like I'm a little bit behind, so is the general playing pool. Mm. So you're just going to ride the wave until it ends or uh, are you going to start studying? I do want to like crack open a video and watch someone play, someone who knows what they're doing. Watch them play? Like watch some study material, uh, training site video on PLO okay. or something like that. I need to open something up. What do you think is the, like for somebody who's a great poker player? Like Phil Galfon? Okay. Like Phil Galfon, do you think he studies every day or he did study every day? Yeah, I think at one, I'm, I'm sure at one point, yes. I think now that he's been playing a lot, he's probably also studying a lot. Not sure about every day, but yeah, probably a pretty good amount. So yeah. So maybe but, not every single day, but a lot. And it's not so much like studying in the form of just taking in information. It's like going through your your database of hands that you've played Right. And looking at, you know, percentages and your your trends and your leaks and determining what leaks are present and all that stuff. Right. I think you should be doing that all the time anyway, right? As a professional poker player, yeah. Yeah. But I'm a content creator. So I have an excuse <laughs> to not do that. Okay. So until until the wave ends. <laughs> I think on my uh my Instagram bio it probably says professional poker player before content you, before youtuber yeah, i should probably <laughs> flip those around flip them around is probably ideal okay look out for that change <laughs> in andrew's bio the most the riveting things that are happening in the world of uh, andrew nimi let's have a look here what's happening in the world well i know vegas is beginning to reopen as of this weekend oh yeah mother governor sisolak was on uh old sissy Announced that what bar uh, barbershops, salons, salons, TJ resta- Maxx, restaurants. My friend was very upset that Red Rock is still closed, and I kind of agree. The Red Rock Canyon. Red Rock Canyon, like hiking uh, trails, are still closed. Seems weird to me. But TJ Maxx is open, <laughs> so yeah. Not sure why. I don't know. I don't know how that makes sense because i think people more than anything need to be out we have such a short window of time when you can actually hike in las vegas before it's 120 degrees and you cannot even go out yeah i think they could easily manage the flow of traffic in red rock you know you could i don't know book a slot say which trail you're going to yeah and that would be much easier to manage than trying to keep people six feet apart in a tj maxx yeah you could just like give your license plate number pay in advance i have a card i have an annual i'm saying but for people who don't right 
pay the seven dollars um, in advance. One question: With these restaurants opening, like I read about how everybody must stay six feet apart and staff will be wearing masks. How do you go to a restaurant wearing a mask? <laughs> how do you eat? You mean how do you eat food eating a mask? I think that's the eat, point eat food of going a mask. to a restaurant is to eat. No, I think so. Yeah. Okay. So, like, what do you, what happens? You walk into the restaurant. With your mask on, mm-hmm. you get sat at your booth or your table, mm-hmm. and then you order with your mask on. This is what I think will happen, right? Would happen. Yep. You order everything with your mask on. You keep your mask on until your food arrives. Mm-hmm. Then you take your mask off, mm-hmm. and the server, waitress, waiter does not approach your table at all. God forbid you need, you drop your fork. Mm-hmm. Or you need ketchup. Well, you're not getting a fork or ketchup because <laughs> your mask is off now. Yep. Then so, where yeah. do you put this mask? Are you putting it on your table, which could be contaminated? Or are you just leaving it dangling on one ear? Yeah, I would go I would go with a dangle. That's what I would do. <laughs> I would pull it down. So, you know, how people like pull it down under their chin or their neck or whatever. <laughs> I would. I, that's the move I would do. Yeah, but you're not supposed to touch the front of your mask. You're not? No. Oh. It defeats the whole purpose. If the mask is on your sure, face. Sure, it makes sense. Right. Good You're point. only supposed to touch the ear bits. Okay, so the dangle might be the way to go. Take, so, it, take it off one ear. So it's dangling off the other ear. I just... That's what we're going to have to do. Perfect the dangle. <laughs> or just keep doing curbside pickup. If you really must eat something. Are you uh, worried about going out? About getting sick? No, I'm not. I'm not worried about getting sick. Are you worried that I might get sick? Because I'm older than you. No. I'm not worried and, about you getting and slightly sick. worse shape than you. <laughs> Why? Because you're older, or yeah, just fitness wise? No, it's because I'm older. It seems like both of us would probably be fine if we got. I mean, it'd probably be annoying, but probably long term fine. We're not doing what is recommended to be done in order to reopen, which is testing. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, hope well, this works. Good luck. Go out there. I guess there is like drive-through testing available, but I don't know how long it takes to get the results. I don't In Las think Vegas? Yeah. Oh. I think you can drive through like the New or- the the Orleans uh, parking structure, parking garage. Like just down here. The Orleans here in Vegas. Yeah. Not not New Orleans. <laughs> um. Just drive all the way to New Orleans. <laughs> don't stop at a gas station. So I think you can get tested, but I, I think it. I don't think it's very quick results. I'm not sure. It might take a couple of days to get results. So it's not exactly all that efficient. Yeah, I mean, it's like a shitty spot because I definitely get the perspective of small business owners and restaurant owners. Like you want, you don't want your restaurant to just go and die. Yeah, there's they're pretty desperate for some cash flow. Right. I mean, it's also shitty for like if you're a waitress because if you're only getting curbside pickup, you're not going to get the tip that you would get probably for a sit down. Mm. Right. So, yep. just a tricky spot to so be in. So, you're not afraid of getting sick or of me getting sick? No, not really, no. Not really or no? No, just okay. don't get sick. It would be. It would suck to get sick for like two weeks with that sort of a thing. Yeah, we only have one bed, so don't get sick. Otherwise, well, you're sleeping you on the couch. Sick? So, are we just not going out yet? Where are you going? Well, Brad invited us to the the little brewery that just opened recently, like just before all this went down on Main Street. What brewery is that? Beer something or other. I don't know how I will go out because I'm honestly not afraid to go out. I just 
like home. <laughs> You're not sick of me? No. That's I've good. gotten to a point where I don't worry about you at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like doing my own thing. So so when I was doing the meetup games and traveling. Oh, this traveling, weekend, traveling you would have been away at the Gardens meetup game. Yeah. That's what my calendar told me anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when you were doing the meetup games. Yeah. So like we had this sort of thing where I would go and do the meetup games a couple times a month. Each time be gone for like three or four days mm-hmm. at a time. Mm-hmm. So then, like, when I would come back home, try to, like, you know. Edit. Yeah, do uh, do everything that was required. But then, like, when I wasn't, you know, busy with work, try and get, like, some time, you know, f- focused time together. Mm-hmm. So now it's, like, you're not necessarily needing to, like, make sure you get that focused time together because I'm just, like, kind of always around. Is that the situation? You can kind of, like, get some some focus time here and there. And it doesn't have to be, like, all crammed into one or two days. I guess so. Is that how you feel? <laughs> I don't know. I'm asking because like you were saying that, you know, you don't need to like get my attention a lot or as much. Right. Because they know you're not going to be gone in the next week. Right. So yes, probably. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that like it's less exciting when I am around yeah. when we're together? Exactly. So are we, because they say the distance makes the heart grow fonder, right? It does, yes. Is our hearts growing less fond at the less, moment? Less fonder. Really? No, I think the first, uh, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Is your heart growing less fonder? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. I, I don't mean, think so. I'm like really enjoying going to bed at the same time, waking up at, well, not the same time because you still wake up at like some strange hour. <laughs> but uh, at least we're hanging out by 6.30 in the morning every day when the market opens. I can't believe it. I never thought I would see the day where you were home for dinner seven days a week it's very odd mm-hmm. and i'm eating way too many carbs so because i'm around yeah because the thing is i feel badly for you because you're so skinny so i don't <laughs> want you to be any skinnier but when you're away i just eat salad because i like to eat salad yeah you know like i'll just have salad and you don't a... have to worry about me i'll find carbs one way or another you don't have to <laughs> Make sure that I'm getting my carbs. Yeah, but then you, I said pasta time is over. And you're like, really? Is it really over? So we're not going to be eating any more pasta? I'm like, yeah, it's summer. We yeah. don't need m- mountains of pasta. But I can always make something if I want something in particular. Mm-hmm. I saw what you were like when I first met you. Just yeah, but that was different. That was... Rail, rail skinny kid <laughs> who didn't a... feed himself that very was... well. That was a different time. Mm. Different. So what's changed? Um, you still don't make food. You eat I'm a, snacks. I'm a man now. I was just, <laughs> I was just a boy back then. <laughs> You're a man now. Yes. Which means what? You just eat more snacks than you did. I mean, back I then? still, yeah, I still love the snack game. I always have, always will. But uh, <laughs> if I need to make something reasonably balanced, uh, something that I'm craving, I'm sure I can figure out a way to get it and make it. Okay, I'm rolling my eyes because Whatever. that's not going to happen. Whatever. But, you know, I think about, say, if we had kids Mm -hmm. and we had a growing boy, Mm -hmm. there's no way I could make a little bit of salad and a piece of fish and be like, here you go, you know, because it's just not enough for little people who are growing. Well, you're going to need to make something for him. Or is is he just going to eat the same thing as as we are? I am not going to be a mom who cooks 15 different things for 15, for every palate in the house. I already told you that. Okay. We'll get a chef. Okay. All right. Well, we better keep the poker bros 
trajectory going up. <laughs> the PLO. <laughs> yes. S- stacking them. Okay, so speaking still of these face coverings. Yeah. Casinos. Yep, heard of them. They're going to be... <laughs> They're going to be mandatory in the casinos. But then the other day I was thinking about Halloween. I don't know why. Then I thought you're not allowed to wear a Halloween costume with a face covering. Right. On the casino floor. Right. Or paint your entire face. Or paint your entire face. Remember there was a girl who is uh, an avatar person? Yep. From the movie. Avatar. From the movie. And she wasn't, she was kicked out of all the casinos Mm -hmm. uh, on Halloween. Now it's mandatory what is the security going to look like in casinos? I also wonder this. I think now is the time. <laughs> to, to do. <laughs> to do what? Yeah. Well, card counting for one. Because <laughs> we'll be all covered. For one, okay. For one. Yep. And then we can recruit. We can. We have a good listener base here. Of tells <laughs> listeners. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody could use a little bit of extra money as your casino properties around the country start opening or create a mask syndicate. Is there ever a time when people could not use a little bit of extra money? Uh, yeah. When, oh, really? When the economy is prosperous. Mm-hmm. They're sure. just like, I have too much money. <laughs> All right. So just to back up real quick, there's like, a, uh, I think it's like loosely referred to as bl- like a, a black book of people that have been banned from casinos. And it's like a shared resource. I think it's actually called like the Griffin book. So there's some company, Griffin something or other, where they've created a, a database of people that are uh, either known cheaters or uh, advantage players, which would include card counters and et cetera, uh, people that have been barred from one casino or one casino company or all the casinos. Okay. And uh, this resource is one of the reasons why you can't wear a face mask to hide your identity and enter a casino that you've been barred from. Mm-hmm. So, so now is the time when it's just free for w- all, wide open, just casinos waiting to get hit from Boosie's ring of card <laughs> counting, advantage playing, mask wearing money makers step aside molly's game you ain't seen nothing yet okay um so hopefully the you... nevada gaming board isn't listening to this podcast <laughs> if you want to join the syndicate write to us hello at tellspodcast.com okay are we um, are we funding the operation is that how this works hmm, hmm. somebody has money you need... <laughs> your job is to find the money you need to find the backers all right i will screen and vet the players mm-hmm even though I don't know how to count cards myself, but I will learn. What resources are you going to use to vet them then? <laughs> well, I'm going to learn how to count cards and then we can watch. Right. What was the movie? 21. Yep. Yeah. Watch 21 was, a couple of times. It was very sensationalized, but okay. See what we have to look for. All right. I guess like my concern is that once, like, even though you're sitting at the blackjack table with a mask on and like a pit boss is just watching you, mm-hmm. might be like kind of quick to catch on your counting cards. So what they're going to do, they're going to take you in the back and pull your mask off. <laughs> I think that's illegal. That will not be good for, you'll be like, that's dude, good question. I, don't know. I have the, I have the Rona. Sure. I guess you could just move on to the next casino. Exactly. Hmm. It's foolproof. Millions. Here we come. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wasn't Great. there a church group that did that? There was uh, like a no, church. No, there was two ladies, two nuns that stole all the uh, church funds and went gambling in Vegas. 
what? <laughs> I've never heard that. But there was, no, there was a church group called like Christian Counters or oh, something yeah, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was a documentary about them. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. but the nun thing is what? Yeah, there was two two women who two nuns, I think, or something. <laughs> they they embezzled all the uh, the church's donations and money and went gambling in Vegas. <laughs> they weren't getting enough excitement in the in the monastery over there. What Guess is not. It? are nuns in monasteries? I'm I'm not certain it was two nuns, but it was it was women and it was from the church in the church and it was Vegas. Hmm. And it was money gone. (laughs) You know those three things. (laughs) I'll have to look them up. So, like I said, if you are interested, have some resources, hello at Mm tellspodcast.com. I am really joking. Are you? If the gaming board is listening. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. We're joking. Yes. Hello at tellspodcast.com. Yes. All right. Let's, uh, shall we go to some listener feedback? Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about, I got a lot, when I was live streaming, I got a lot of questions about Doug Polk and his, his mayoral recall mission. Yeah. I didn't even know what mayor, mayor recall was. Mm -hmm. So Mayor Goodman didn't do a very good job in an interview. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only, that's the only crime. So we're trying to get rid of her. (laughs) Mayor Goodman embarrassed us on Anderson Cooper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's got to go. <laughs> uh, I mean, she did say that she wanted to use Vegas as a control group for for testing COVID ramping up. I think somebody tweeted tweeted that right to you and said, "Did you hear about this?" Because yeah. she said she was going to use yep. Las the- Vegas as a control group. So uh, Doug's not having it. <laughs> So what is Doug's plan? <laughs> uh, so there's a process, you know, to recall uh, one of your elected officials, which means if you can first file correct paperwork saying that you want to do that, second step would be to collect a certain number of signatures from people that voted in the election to elect her and put her in that position. How do you collect these signatures? Got to hit the streets. What? Yeah. During this time? Yeah. Yeah. So you're telling me Doug Polk is going to get into his car and drive around Las Vegas <laughs> it, getting signatures? It remains to be seen. Uh, I think I saw today that he says he has some ideas for collecting the signatures. Um, I think like, you know, if people were able to drop them off, like drop off a signed copy of something somewhere, mm. that might make more sense rather than him going all over the place. What if they don't have a printer? Yeah. What if, what if they don't have a pen? <laughs> What if they don't have a pen? <laughs> There's a lot of what ifs here. <laughs> okay. A lot of hurdles to get over. So that's where we're at. He did file the paperwork, and there's been a lot of mainstream news sources that have picked up on the story. Really? Which I believe is a big goal of Doug's to get mainstream news sources to pick up the story because mm-hmm. he's got a YouTube channel to promote. But I'm sure he's also like not all that impressed with the mayor either, so... It's a win-win for him if he can pull it off. How long are you a mayor for? Do you know? How many I believe, years? I'm not sure how many years. I want to say that her term is over in 2024. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah. Okay. Did you vote? No. You did not vote in the last election. To... I think I was at a meetup game. That's your excuse? Maybe. 
for democracy. That's your excuse? Good thing we have Doug to fix the problem. <laughs> uh, the funny thing is that, like, you know, she she only presides over a section of the city, which does not include the Strip. Really? Yeah. How does that work? Do you know? No. The Strip itself is located in an unincorporated area something or other oh those mafia bosses were clever exactly they didn't want to pay so taxes genius. they didn't yeah. want to pay taxes to the city so they created the strip they created their i don't know how it worked but right. the op- the area that they operated in was separate from the city of las vegas at the time okay so she has no say on what happens on the strip I don't think so. Uh, not legally, but I'm sure she has... Of course, she has opinions, right? Some level of persuasion and connections and stuff. Okay. But, yeah, not officially. Anyway, that's what's going on in Vegas. Do you think Doug <laughs> wants to run for mayor of Las Vegas? I think he might have, like, some aspirations or some considerations of that, uh, like, at some point. I don't know about, like, right now. Hmm. But maybe. Who knows? Would you run for office? Me? Yes, you. Who else am I sitting in this closet with? I would need to work on my public speaking, I think, and still no, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you were the best public speaker, I think I could. With I think the I would, best words, I would maybe want to consider it like later. I guess after like doing some other things, I feel like I want to accomplish a couple things in business before yeah, but that. That's the problem. Everybody wants to wait, and then mm-hmm. you have a old, out of touch candidate. Yep. Trying to run for office. So I guess the answer should be no. Mark Cuban is considering running for president. You saw that? Yeah, that seems do you think it Do you think it's for business too? He's trying to just promote his business? I don't think it'll happen. That he'll run for president? Yeah. But I didn't see Trump coming either, so. <laughs> <laughs> You're O for O in the prediction game. O for a lot, yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks for giving us an update on what's happening in Las Vegas. Yeah, this, this is uh, an interesting time in Vegas. Things are happening out there. Okay, so let's look at some listener feedback, shall we? We got a message from Harry, and Harry says, Hi, I just wanted to check in and let you know that I am enjoying the Tal's reboot. Great. Happy to and hear it, Harry. A late drink recipe, martini, dirty and hot. Whoa. So make your martini to taste, add olive juice. Olive juice makes it dirty. Mm-hmm. Heard of that. And then jalapeno juice to make it hot. Great. Sounds fantastic. Is the jalapeno juice from... Jalapenos? Jars of jalapenos? I, w- I would imagine. Yeah. Well, we finally made Jean-Francois French 75. I enjoyed it. It was delicious. Yeah. You made it a little stiff, but that's what she said. That's my least favorite line ever. <laughs> I know. It's so like that's why it's funny because it's so stupid. (laughs) Maybe Andrew will make us a dirty martini. Okay, yeah, let's fire it up. I've never, uh, I don't think I've ever had a dirty martini. What? Did you ever make one recently? Because we were talking about them early on in quarantine life. Yeah, and then I emptied the olive juice down the drain. So then we had no (laughs) olive juice. Why'd you do that? It wasn't on purpose, Andrew Nimi. Oh, okay. Thanks, Harry. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the recipe. Cheers, dude. We'll let you know when we make the dirty hot martini. All right. And then we have a a message from John. And John says, looking for your thoughts. Busi and Andrew, I've been listening to Tell since the start and really enjoy it. Finally getting around to writing in. This quarantine has got people writing in. 
Nice. I wanted to get your input on something that my wife and I have discussed. I have been playing poker recreationally for over 15 years. Typical moneymaker boom story. I have mostly played online and have had some success both online and live. My wife has often encouraged me to play full time. We are lucky that she's a doctor, which gives us which gives us some financial flexibility, although it would be difficult to live solely on her salary. My current job pays well, provides a guaranteed pension, and is fairly low stress. We do have two kids, one in high school, so there will be even more financial needs soon. I assume college. As much as I would love to play poker full-time, I contend that almost any full-time grinder would trade the unknowns of the grind for my current situation. And as supportive as my wife is, her job is extremely stressful and I worry about the resentment that might come from me quitting my job to play a game for a living, especially if I'm not making much money. I think a big part of her encouragement is the small hope of a big tournament score score that would allow us more financial freedom. I would love to hear your thoughts. And he said, P.S. Could you look at adding charcoal and or heather grey colour options to the fa- to the favourable apparel. Mm. We can do so, sir. Mm-hmm. Indeed. What if we just answered that portion of the question and then skipped, <laughs> skipped everything else? <laughs> we could do that too. I don't think that's the reason. Okay. Postscript is... You'll see that on favorableapparel.com. Thanks we, a lot, John. Moving did... on, who else wrote in? <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to defer to you, Mr. Poke Player. Well, I mean, we can we can talk through it a little bit. Right. But it is like the ever-present uh, question of... Stability. Possibly turning pro. Yeah. Slash embracing the risk of it all. Mm-hmm. And especially like when there's other people to consider. Right. So pretty tough one. Part towards the end, I guess, like kind of gives me a little bit of pause slash worry about a tournament score and that like being one of the hopes because sure that's like every poker player's dream like I totally get that and it's you know still my dream you know you still have that those visions of the final table in the the Amazon room with all your friends cheering you on and then you take it down and then you go get bottle service at the excess nightclub at the win and that hangover doesn't feel so bad because you have multiple six figures in your <laughs> bank account the next day. Anyway, <laughs> so I don't think that's like a realistic way to look at like professional poker. You want to try and like even out that big score over, you know, like multiple years and just look at it as, you know, my win rate could potentially be this amount, you know, to start. And then over time, it could hopefully grow to this amount over a certain number of hours slash months slash you know, this much income over the year rather than maybe we'll just like get rich quick, you know? Yeah. Also, one of the biggest things to consider would be your overall enjoyment of your current situation and the uh, the work that you're doing and like how, yeah, just like how happy you are in life with that current situation compared to the happiness level of playing poker. But it's also like it's tough to know that without knowing the stress that comes along with that when you are doing that full time and there's other people that are like depending on you to, mm-hmm. to provide. You could always tell your kids not to go to college. So that's. That'd be less financial stress. stress. Yeah. There's that option. <laughs> but I don't think that would alleviate all the other, all the other stress. Yeah. So, I mean, tough for two people in a closet to tell you what to do. 
But uh, I do think you need to take a more practical view and try and do some research on like what expected win rates are for various stakes, whether that's playing online or playing live cash games or live tournaments or whatever your focus you think would be. Uh, start there and use that as like a roadmap to where you're trying to get to in terms of the revenue that you are trying to generate out of this pursuit. Right. And also, I think the the emotional part of it, no one prepares you for. Yep. There's one point of like making a certain amount of money and, you know, setting your sights on that. But especially saying that current situation or work is low stress, you know, can you handle an increase in stress, which there will be mm-hmm. because there's so many things now that were quote unquote certain that become unknown there is also your wife's stress right so that would might be added pressure to your relationship because at least if one person is less stressed than the other then you can sort of help balance out the amount of stress Mm -hmm. but imagining like two stressful situations at the same time it's really not great for a relationship when it's under those circumstances you know it can be super tough yeah um, and that's not to say you don't do it, but yeah. if you are obsessed with poker, like Andrew always says, I think then that's that's different. Like if you can't see yourself doing anything else. Yeah, or you or you like love game theory, you know, or you love strategy games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If you get like the most enjoyment out of the learning process and all that stuff. Uh, you know, about different pursuits, then there's a pretty good chance that you'll be successful in poker. Okay. And so like, if you've already like caught yourself just like doing the occasional deep dive into strategy forums on two plus two, then, you know, there's a chance that you're like, this is, you know, that this thing like speaks to you a little bit, you know, this pursuit. If it's only been, you know, having drinks with the guys and, you know, splashing around and you're like a break-even player or maybe like a small winner, but studying kind of bores you, then it might just kind of be like more of a pipe dream kind of a thing. I think it all comes down to how much you can see yourself getting into it and how much it like speaks to you. Right. And just the, and then the practicality of it, right? Because I mean, the, there is that, but. Yeah, but the what I was saying, so there's the practical aspect, but then there's the emotional aspect and psychological aspect because you not only have to now work on the game you have to work on your mental game as well Mm -hmm. it's definitely a little bit tougher when you have when you have a significant other and you have kids and you have like a life it's harder to become like really good at something like poker that demands so much attention and time into studying and playing you know it's just like it's so personal resource intensive, it feels like. It just is a lot easier when you're single um, and you have all the time to devote to it in the world. But that doesn't mean that you can't make it work. Anthony made it work. Remember Anthony from the Hand History Lounge? Sure. He was working. He went full-time grinder after 18 years at the same job. That reminded me of this because maybe Anthony can tell us what his experience was like. That'd be great. Because it's possible, right? So it's just a matter of setting the expectations with your wife to say, yes, if I do do this, it might not happen in 
a year or five years that we win a huge score, right? Or 10 years or whatever the case is. Yeah. And if you can get on the same page about that and say, I would be playing poker to make maybe the same amount of money, maybe a little bit more than I'm making today. Mm-hmm. Our lives would change because of these factors, like it will be more stressful, whereas now it's less stressful. And then you weigh the pros and cons of that and make the decision that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like what we said at the beginning of our lots of speculation about, you know, different people types and stuff was probably the most helpful or practical thing is that, you know, do a lot more research on expected win rates, you know, at various stakes and various games and formats, and then see what that looks like in terms of how that will fit into your family picture. Thanks for writing in, John. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks, John. And let us know what you decide. If you decide to go poker full-time, Benton Blakeman at Hand History Lounge, very helpful. There you go. I should get paid for these. Should I get paid for these? I think, I mean, free ads on a podcast? It's not cheap. All right. We also got a message from Barbara, and she titled her email, Poker Tells Fan. Hello, Barbara. And she says, I think it's fine to contact exes and search to reach out to other people online. Not on a dating app, because that's not fair to the next person or the current person. So Barbara also says, I do want to thank you two for the show and making me laugh all through the Tells podcast. I usually don't even like to play poker with couples or be friends with couples I know on social media, especially ones who write to each other online and live in the same house. But for some reason, you two have a dynamic and are both individual enough that I can't stop listening. So I'm grateful for finding a good podcast to listen and laugh along with. My judgmental teenagers were mocking me for talking back and laughing my ass off while listening. The investment market analogy comparing being at Bellagio Poker Room and everyone injected with LSD is hysterical. Anyway, I'm grateful for you both. Stay in the closet until better testing or a cure is found. Thank you, Barbara. You have to stay in this closet. Yep. You're not allowed to leave. It's going to get pretty smelly in here. (laughs) Well, you have a change of clothes. You just change your clothes if it gets smelly. We appreciate that. Thanks for writing in, Barbara. Thanks, Barbara. I do have a question. Okay. Barbara said she doesn't doesn't like couples who write to each other online. So what does that mean? Like DMs and Instagram? No. Yeah. You know, if you posted something on your Instagram and I'm like, oh, baby, that's so cute. Even Uh though we're sitting right next to each other on the couch. Okay. Thoughts? What if you like liked my photo or if I liked your photo? Is that acceptable or no? In Barbara's eyes. I don't know. You speak for Barbara. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. If I'm speaking for Barbara, I think likes are fine. I think she said she dislikes that. No likes. Yeah. Okay. So stop liking my photos, (laughs) please. I refuse. (laughs) What if I actually like your photo? Barbara will stop listening to the photo to tell us if you don't, if you, if you like my photos. Ah, whatever. (laughs) I mean, no, I want Barbara to keep listening, but I'm still going to like your photo. (laughs) It's a risk I'm willing to take. So remember when uh, Dead Mouse uh, proposed to Kat Von D on Twitter? I have a vague recollection. You were very much into that Dead Mouse, Kat Von D love affair. Isn't I was that, not. Isn't that crazy though? Yeah, that would not be Barbara approved. No, Barbara would hate that. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Why are you proposing to her on Twitter?" What would you do if I proposed to you publicly online? I would say no. What if I proposed to you in a vlog? <laughs> I would say no. 
You would? Yes. Seriously? So what do you mean? Like you recorded the whole thing? No, if I... You uh, made a vlog just proposing to the ether, but directed at me? Yeah. I would write a comment <laughs> and say no. <laughs> I don't think you would. I think you would say yes. No. Mm, I don't know. I think you'd be embarrassed, but you'd say yes. I would make you propose to me in private. Would you? Yes. Isn't that kind of like like demeaning or like belittling someone? Yeah, but that's the thing too. You should know your partner and propose to them Mm -hmm. in a way that is thoughtful to who they are, if you know them. Like for somebody who's shy and doesn't like a bunch of people throwing Mm -hmm. an engagement party and proposing in front of all her friends and family mm-hmm. might suck. What if we were, what if both of us were playing on Poker Bros and I proposed through the chat? To you? <laughs> <laughs> hmm? uh, I don't know. I would say no. You would throw a tomato at me? <laughs> yes. I would throw a tomato at you. All right. All right. Now I know. Thank you so much for listening to the Tales podcast. If you like this podcast, Write to us. Hello at tellspodcast.com. Share it with your friends. And until next week. All right. Till next week. Adios. Bye. Bye.